Nothing's going to stop us because God's got our back. Let's go. This is The Way to a podcast which focuses on Christians in and around pop culture and how it may affect our walk with God. Welcome to the show! The earth began in perfection, ain't no sin had infected. God created creation within six days and he rested. Man was made in his image, essentially he reflected. Then gave Adam a part and named Eve to serve as his helper. Plan was to populate the planet with image bearers. And to maintain the garden, the pre-incarnate would walk in. Eden team of creatures, named by the man himself. Told that they could eat food from every single tree except the one called the tree of life. Told them that they would die. Naturally obey the creator who gave him life. Later on came the snake, slithering through the grass, told the woman to go against what the heavenly dad, told them propose a lie that they actually wouldn't die, as she bit from the fruit, the man passively justified, then he ate it as well, condemned us all straight to hell, both realized they were naked, hiding because of shame, God confronted the man, Adam went and shifted the plane, God then cursed all humanity, kicked them out of the garden, now all mankind is sinful and desperately needs a pardon, I'll pause it, forward now to where we're all in, there's a race, I'll wait. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Hunter with The Way Today, and this week is our first official full-length episode. It's not going to go as planned because here at The Way Today, we are located on the treasure coast of Florida, which is now being affected by Hurricane Dorian, and we've had a lot of evacuations, people leaving, we've had people closing stores, and it's just... The weather's okay so far. We haven't been affected by a hurricane yet. It's moving north now, but it was predicted to come right at us. And so we've been preparing and getting things ready. And I thought we were going to have to postpone this show, but God told me something else and we got to get it done. So tonight it's me and I have Kenny doing the movie review for us tonight, which is good. Michelle's not around. Uh... But next week, we should be full on board and ready to go. But tonight, we're still going to have our full-length episode. And we do have the interview with Regenerate tonight. So hopefully, enjoy the show. And we'll have a good time. Thank you so much for joining us. Breaking, breaking. The Way Today News. Tonight's news, we're going to start off talking about the big story of the week, which is Hurricane Dorian. And Hurricane Dorian started out really bad in Puerto Rico and aggressively got stronger. And uh, as it got stronger, it headed towards the Bahamas and it decreased speed, though, not in power, but in speed that it was moving. And it kind of sat over the Bahamas. And this is from the Weather Channel. Hurricane Dorian will finally begin its long-awaited march up the southeast coast today after delivering one last punishing blow over the storm-fatigued northwest, northwest Bahamas. Hurricane watches have extended northward to include the entire coast of Georgia and South Carolina's low country. Uh, It slowed to one mile per hour while it was over the Bahamas. It decimated it really bad. If uh, any of you guys in Florida and Georgia who don't get affected by this hurricane have extra supplies that can be sent to the Bahamas, please do it. 
send your prayers, send what you can. These people really need it. This hurricane was really bad out there. And it, it's still a bad hurricane that's uh, affecting the rest of the country. It could go, even go up to the north. It's going to curve around the coastline. It could hit anywhere. Um, it's very unpredictable right now. It's done some strange things. It's slowed down. It's down to Category 3 right now. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't pick up more power being in the water as it goes up the coastline. So just please stay safe out there. Uh, don't play stupid games with this hurricane. Be prepared. Get your windows boarded up. Get evacuated if you need to be evacuated. Be safe. And, and just stay with God. And God will protect you. That's, that's all, I mean, it's a bad storm, it really is, so please play it safe out there. Our next story comes from the shooting that happened in Odessa, Texas, which killed seven people and wounded 25. In response to that, Walmart plans to, dram- <laughs> Walmart plans to dramatically step back ammunition sales after horrific shootings. Walmart is discontinuing sales of the short barrel rifle ammunition such as the 223 caliber and the 5.56 caliber, discontinuing sales of handgun ammunition and discontinuing handgun sales entirely in Alaska. It also is asking shoppers to no longer openly carry firearms in stores in states where open carry is allowed unless they are authorized law enforcement officers. CEO Doug McMillan announced the changes following the two deadly shootings at Walmart stores over the summer. Walmart said Tuesday it will discontinue all sales of handgun ammunition and short and sales of short barrel rifle ammunition that can be used with military-style weapons following two horrific shootings at Walmart stores this summer. It will also stop all handgun sales in Alaska, marking its complete exit from the handgun category. This is a big step for Walmart. Walmart, uh, for sporting goods, that's a big thing, a big selection for them is their handguns and their and the ammunition. And for them to be doing something like this means they're preparing and they care about its customers because these shootings are getting bad. They're happening everywhere, not just Walmarts. They're happening in schools like crazy. They're happening in synagogues. They're happening everywhere. And for a big corporation to be doing something like this, taking a step in the right direction and not being told to do it by the government, all praise to them. I mean, praise to God, but all praise to them for taking a step into trying to help this drastic situation that we're in with these shootings. Walmart, you're doing a good job with that. Uh, Usually, Walmart, um, you know, they come into a town and they might even said to destroy a local economy because of the small businesses but this is a big huge step for them to take care of its community and I have nothing but respect for what they're doing here and I think it's a great thing what Walmart's doing and I think that we should support it and we should get on social media and we say congratulations for Walmart for doing this because this is a big big step because they're going to lose some money but they're losing money in care for their customers and I think that's great so on a lighter note I want to talk about the Arrowverse if you don't know what the Arrowverse is the channel the CW has four shows that all exist in the same universe the show Arrow The Flash Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl 
and now they're bringing on a new show, Batgirl, or Batwoman, excuse me. And this year, every year they do a crossover between the four shows. And this year's crossover is going to be a magnificent, beautiful crossover. I'm a big comic book fan, so this is something I'm waiting to see. Uh, We've dubbed this the Arrowverse because Arrow was the first show to come on. And this came on about a year after Smallville exited from the from the uh, television screen. Smallville was uh, the story of Clark Kent becoming Superman. It was a great show. And Arrow follows Oliver Queen as he becomes the Green Arrow. And all his uh, teammates and then the Flash comes in who is Barry Allen. And he has his own show. The Legends of Tomorrow is made up of a superhero team of different superheroes that travel through time and go through different you know, adventures and things like that. And Supergirl is the cousin of Superman. And it's not connected directly to Smallville. It's a whole different universe. So they've dubbed the universe. But this year, I'm so excited. They're finally doing the big comic book story of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Which is a big, big storyline in the DC community. And I'm excited that it's going to be happening this year. It's going to uh, be a five-part series this year. Five shows. It's going to be the end of Arrow. It's its final season. It's going to start on Arrow. And it's going to end on Batwoman. Which is going to be their first episode on the CW. And Batwoman did um, make a guest appearance last year on their Else. Else Worlds crossover, which is pretty cool, uh, which kind of ties into the crisis on Infinite Earths, which is going to be going on, and I'm a big fan of this, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, so we're ending that on a lighter note, and I hope you guys, uh, if you don't know about these shows, tune in, watch it. Maybe just watch it for the crossover episode. It's been everywhere in the news. I'm sure you heard about it if you're in entertainment, and. Uh, I think the shows are good. I think that they're not as moral as they could be, but they're they're a good show that you could watch with your family, I believe. Uh, like I said, there's nothing in this world right now unless it's Christian based that you know is Christian, and, but it's a it's a it's a good show. Good shows to watch. And that's it for the news. And here's Kenny B with the movie review. This is a special presentation of The Way Today at the Movies. Alright, so check this out. Last week I went and saw the movie Overcomer. Now, before I get started, I want to let everyone that's listening know that I'm going to give away details to this film, so if you don't want to know about it, don't listen any further. I take that back. Hold on. Wait a second. Let me give you my review, my score, or my total review first, and then I'll give the details of the movie. Personally, I thought it was a 5 out of 5. Great plot, great character development. But, I must admit, I'm biased. I love the Kendrick brothers. They did great. It's another great film in their in their library. I've been a fan of theirs ever since Facing the Giants, and this film does not disappoint. That being said, 
if you don't want to learn anything about this movie other than the trailer that was released stop listening now okay so by you're still listening I take it that you want to hear a little more about the movie this movie was set in a small town and I'll be honest to you I forgot what town it was I don't even know if it was fictional or not but I know it was set in a small town uh the town's main employer is a factory. The factory closes. People start leaving town to move to other cities that have factories so that they can get jobs. This devastates not only the public school system, but their athletic programs as well. The football coach has to leave because he no longer has a team. The basketball coach is forced to take on cross country because his basketball team is basically dissolved as well. kids are leaving parents are leaving it's just a it's a bad thing he goes to tryouts and he has one person show up one girl the kicker is this girl has asthma i know right cross country asthma she's a pretty good runner the first thing that we see about this girl is that she's a thief she steals things from people and runs away and they can't catch her So she makes the team, obviously, because she's the only one there. The coach, again, knows nothing about cross country, but he shows up every day and he tries really hard and works to help develop her. Uh, They go back and forth. They go through meet. She does okay. She gets a little better. Um, Then something happens in the movie. She, I'm sorry, not she, but the coach meets her father whom she was told was dead because her mother died in a car accident and this the grandmother told the dad told the, the granddaughter that the dad passed away so the girl grew up thinking that her parents were dead it was happenstance that they interacted with the dad but it happened So there's a battle going on emotionally whether or not to tell the girl about her father. They end up telling her and they develop a relationship. The grandmother finds out and basically everything goes crazy. Well, they do a lot of praying and the girl actually asks the principal about Jesus and she becomes saved. Um, she learns about how to find her worth in Christ right away through writing down all the things that God said she is in Ephesians. Great, great storyline. Loved it. The dad, I forgot to mention this. The dad was in the hospital with diabetes and he can no longer see. However, he was a cross country superstar when he was younger. So he helps her by helping the coach train her better and get her better for the state championship race. And obviously, it wouldn't be a great movie if she didn't win. She ends up winning the state championship and goes on to college and is a leader in her community at college. It's a great film. I loved it. Again, five stars. Um, it, Kendrick Brothers, if you don't know who they are, look them up. They have some great films. Courageous, War Room, Fireproof, Facing the Giants. 
and now this one flywheel they have a, quite a big library of movies that are all christian movies they're great to watch they're the beginning ones that you got they are a little low budget but as they move on you can tell that they're they're produced really well it was it was a great movie good to see it wasn't like a cheesy normal christian movie it was actually a well-produced movie so again five stars check it out oh and by the way if you don't like it don't blame me blame rob hunter here finally having our interview with regenerate the long-awaited interview that we've been talking about uh thank you for coming on the show today i just wanted to say thank you for letting us use your music for the show uh for those of you who don't know our opening song and exit song are both regenerates we use in the beginning for the opening and pressing on for the exit so just like in the song uses in the beginning tell us about your beginning how did you come to your faith yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Um, so, my story is, uh, I'm gonna try to just condense it as much as possible. <laughs> it's a long story. But, um, so, I, I'll start off with my mom. So, my mom grew up in a Christian household. My mom is one of eight siblings and they all grew up in church. Her parents, my grandparents, devout believers, serious about the Lord. She grew up in the church, but as she got older, she kind of started, you know, doing her own thing. Um, she got pregnant out of wedlock while she was in high school. Um, and that, that just went against the rules of the house. And so she, she ended up having to leave her home. Um, she's, you know, lives with my dad, but you know, they have, they have their first kid. Um, I, I was her first kid. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm the oldest of three, so they had two more kids together. They, they did get married. Uh, but just for a long time, my mom again doing her own thing and we, her three kids didn't grow up in a Christian household at all. Um, the most Christianity that I was exposed to or got was, uh, well, you know, sometimes maybe we would, maybe we would go to church on, uh, you know, Christmas or Easter or something like that, but that was about it. Right. And then my mom, she taught us to pray every night. So sometimes, you know, she would come up to our, to us and we all pray together, um, in our rooms and, you know, before we would sleep. And then my grandmother, uh, sometimes she would watch us either after school or during the summer. And there were times that she would turn the TV off and say, we're going to read the Bible together. So she would open up the Bible, uh, you know, read us some stories and talk to us about God. Um, and that was, that was the most, you know, Christian anything I got growing up. And I think, I think though that that's kind of set a foundation because even as I got older and I was like getting in high school, you know, that's a real easy time for like peer pressure and things. There was just stuff I stayed away from because I was just like, yeah, God, God's not, God's not cool with this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and just, just because of the little bit that my grandmother taught me. Um, and so that did keep me away from some things, but I definitely wasn't a Christian. You know, definitely had sin in my life and more, more kind of like hidden sins or just internal in my heart type of stuff. So I, I definitely had a lot of self hatred. Um, didn't have a good relationship with my father and that just 
you know, he said he said he was very like verbally abusive toward me, and so there was a lot of internal hatred for myself as a result. Um, and and it caused me to then have hatred for people who seemed like life was going good for them. Um, and so I had a lot of hate in my heart, uh, a lot of lust, and you know, was into you know pornography and things like that. And so so hidden things that you could you could sort of hide from the world. Uh, but in the world's eyes, I was a very respectful kid. You know, I didn't curse in front of adults, and I didn't do drugs. I wasn't gang banging. I wasn't. You know, I, I didn't do a lot of things teens were doing, at least any of the external things. Um, and so when I was in my freshman year of high school, my mom started going to church. Um, she she got invited by one of her sisters to visit a church, and she felt like the Lord was calling her back. Like, uh, you know, she, she got convicted, like, man, I, this is where I should be. I've been running from the Lord. I've been doing my own thing for so many years. I need to get back. And so once she gets serious about her faith, she ends up getting baptized. And then all of a sudden she's playing Christian music like crazy in the house. And it's, it's making us crazy. Like, what is this? Why are you playing this? Um, and before you know it, before you know it, the pastor preaches a sermon where he says, you know, you can make your kids go to family parties and make them go to school. You can make them come to church. So sure enough, we then had to be at church on Sunday because her, because she initially was going by herself and she would ask us if we wanted to come. We were like, nope. But then she said, she heard that sermon and then she was like, yeah, you got to start coming. So she was making us go. We did not want to be there. I hated it. Um, it was a primarily Spanish church. I don't know Spanish. So I'm like, I don't even, not only do I not want to be here, I don't know what's being said. <laughs> you know, I didn't, yeah, I hated it. Um, and then not long after that, we're forced to go to youth service as well. So that, there goes our Fridays. Um, but through all that, so that was about, so for about two years, we're consistently in church every Sunday, every Friday. Um, I eventually get into Christian hip hop. And through that, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, the gospel truth being spoken in the music. So I'm in church consistently. I'm hearing Christian hip hop. I'm hearing Christian things. And I got to a point that I knew I wasn't right with God. I, I, I consciously knew that in my head. Like, yep, I'm not right with God. But it was never anything that made me say, man, something's got to change. Um, you know, I just, I just knew I wasn't right, you know, and, uh, it took, uh, so, so I had a cousin who used to live in Chicago. He eventually moved to Florida, but he was like an older, cause I'm the oldest of my siblings. He was, he was two years, he is two years older than me. And so he, he was like a big brother I never had, right? right. So even though he moved to Florida, we stayed really close for years. Um, and there's one summer that he comes up and he had just gotten saved. And so he came up and he was just a whole different cousin. And I remember like, who is this guy? You know, um, every conversation is about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And again, at this point I had become cool with church culture where I was, I had friends at church. It became something that was normal to me. Um, but it was definitely just a Sunday thing. Like I, right. I, and my cousin was talking about it all the time. Right. Uh, and we're playing video games. Somehow we ended up becoming a Jesus conversation. So <laughs> he was driving me crazy. I was like, Sunday's cool, but leave it alone. And then, uh, we had two nights back to back that he just had, he was staying, me and my brother shared a room. He was staying in our, our room while he was with us. And we had one night he talking to me and my brother and I was so mad that he was talking about Jesus that I acted like I fell asleep just so I wouldn't have to be talked to anymore. Um, and then the next night my brother was knocked out and it was me and my cousin awake still. And we start having another deep conversation about Jesus. And at the time I listened to, uh, I listened to rap, but I also listened to like a lot of rock music. I listened to heavy metal stuff. Uh, one of my favorite bands, they would wear masks and uh, on their, the title of the latest album at the time was All Hope Is Gone, right? Already horrible. All Hope Is Gone. 
And then one of the guys, his mask had a crown of thorns on it, right? Mm-hmm. So my cousin thought, like, obviously blasphemous. My, my cousin thought I was a Christian already. And then he saw that and was like, what are you listening? Like, like you know what this is making fun of? And I did know what it was making fun of. Like I said, I knew I wasn't right with God. But for some reason in that moment, when he asked me that question, the Holy Spirit worked and I got hit with the weight of my sins. The reality and the weight of my sins just fell on me, right? Like a ton of bricks. It, it hit me and I instantly began, got teary-eyed, emotional. My cousin's back was to me, and so I was trying, he was still talking, asking me questions. I was trying not to speak because I knew my voice would be cracking up. I didn't want him to know I was crying, and I didn't, you know, and eventually I couldn't hold it back. I just break down sobbing in tears. Um, and so right then and there, he just prayed with me. You know, he, he thought I had already checked the Christ. I made it clear that I had raised my hand whenever the pastor said, who wants to dedicate your life? Uh, but I, I didn't know what that meant. I, you know, so he kind of explained this and broke it down further for me, but he prayed right there with me, you know, to accept the Lord. I got a change of my heart, forgive me of my sin, all those things. Um, and that was about it. And I remember the next day being like, man, I just cried in front of this dude. I don't really want to bring that up again. Uh, but he, he left maybe a day or two after that back to Florida. Uh, but but after that point, I knew my heart was changed without without even really reading the Bible or anything, just like cursing. I just knew I got to stop that. You know, right. I just just little things. I just knew I can't do this anymore. Um, and um, even at that point, I was rapping already. I was doing like secular stuff just about nine months at that point. But I knew I wanted to be a rapper. Once I got saved, my heart was changed. Was like I can't write like this anymore. I knew few Christian rappers. I started saying, let me try to write like them. But I didn't really know the Bible. And so I was like, this is terrible. It was horrible. I hate it. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> so let me read the Bible to get more Bible words to rhyme. And sure enough, God started using that. And I'm actually learning about the Lord, things I didn't know. Or I would read a Bible verse and be like, oh, look, you know, whatever. The Christian rapper didn't make that up. That's in the Bible. Um, so it, it, yeah. So it has been a long journey from there, man. God has done a lot of, a lot of things in my life. It's been a lot of growth. I've been a Christian now 10 years. Um, so yeah. That's awesome, and that's, I mean, that's a story that a lot of people can relate to, you know, especially in today's world and, you know, stuff like that, and I appreciate you sharing that with everybody, because I know somebody's going to hear that, and if they're not a Christian, they might have that conviction, or if they are so-called saved, like you said, you know, they might listen to that and say, wow, I'm not right, and I and I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Right, right. So, yeah. And yeah. I've been watching your videos, and I've been following you now, and, and I admit I'm a, a little bit of a fan, too. I love your stuff. Um, appreciate it, man. And you're very devout. You know, I know you take this seriously. It's not just a gimmick for you or something like that. So a question I'd ask for you is, this show is basically helping people on their walk, helping people with their walk with God. So what advice would you give to a new Christian when they feel distant from God? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think I think it first has to start with knowing your identity. So if you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, knowing what that really means and like the implications of that, um, because a lot of times, right? Jeremiah seventeen nine says that the heart is deceitful above all things, the best will be sick. Who can know it? So our heart is deceptive, right? We can't trust our heart. And so a lot of times that we are feeling distant from God, right? Feelings come from the heart. Our heart deceives us a lot of times. And I'm distant from God. But the reality is that um, God is always right there, right? And so one of the biblical truths we know is that God will never leave you or forsake you. Um, And again, when we think about being in Christ, we understand that Christ 
he took our being forsaken by God so we don't have to be forsaken by God, right? When he was on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So right. Jesus was forsaken so that we don't have to be. Right. Um, you know, knowing that God's love, you know, it's obviously where sin, uh, where sin is present, grace abound much more, right? So a lot of times that we do feel distant from God is because maybe we're in a certain sin pattern we can't feel like, we feel like we can't break or we've been committing the same sin over and over, which is like, man, I, I, I'm still distant from God. I keep coming. Uh, a lot of times, you know, another biblical truth is that uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. So for in Christ, no amount of, you know, like, man, I keep falling into sin, that doesn't separate you from the love of God because what makes you right with God is faith alone and Christ alone. And so that doesn't mean, oh, I can sin all I want now. What it does mean, though, is that there's hope for you and that even in your struggle, God does not say, you're out of here, you're not saved now because you just sinned. We are in Christ, and that's a permanent thing. And, and so when you're sinning, it says, says height, nor death, no persecution, no famine, nothing can separate us from God's love. So even when you feel distant, God loves you, and that doesn't go away because you just sinned. Uh, and so, but, but knowing who we are in Christ should allow us to say, Instead of saying, when I sin, I have to flee from God's presence because I'm dirty now. We say, in Christ, I'm clean. In Christ, I am righteous. In Christ, I am a child of God. I've been adopted into this family. He loves me unconditionally. And that should cause us to run even closer, even more so run to the Father instead of retreating. Great. Great. That's that's great, man. I I know someone's going to be able to use that. I know somebody is out there listening and they're going to hear that and say, wow, I needed that. I, I definitely needed that. And like I said, I know you're real strong with the Lord, but there's got to be times, you know, in your profession and in your, I know you're from Chicago, so you're in a, a city that's really tough. There's got to be times when you might feel distant from God or loss of spirit. What is your go-to remedy? Would you go in the Bible or do you put on, you know, music and, and worship? What do you do? Yeah, something that so so a lot of the sort of the scriptures that I was just you know re- referring to are, are it's, it's a lot of those truths that I got to keep in mind constantly, and I think I think I think this answers your question. But one of the things that I do, that I do constantly to keep my mind focused on the Lord and on the things of God, uh, I listen to podcasts <laughs> a lot. Obviously, I read the scriptures. Obviously, I pray. Obviously, but as far as like a consistent thing throughout my day, I'm able to do. I listen to a lot of Christian podcasts. Nice. Um, just, just to stay focused on godly things, right? The scripture tells us to keep our minds, like, seek the things that are above, right? And so, I know, right, it's, it's clear that, like, there's a hymn that says, uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Like, our hearts will wander, and our hearts will worship something if it's not focused on God, it'll go somewhere else or worship somewhere else, and that's where sin happens. And so, one of the practical ways that I try to just keep my mind focused on the Lord is to have the podcast going where they're talking about all these different theological truths and um, that's like consistently throughout the job I have allowed me to constantly be listening to stuff all day um, so that or Christian hip hop even um, especially when I was a newer believer Christian hip hop really helped me to stay focused on the Lord and focused on godly things um, so that that's one of the things that just and, and the podcast themselves caused me to want to get into the scriptures more Uh yeah, so that's, that's that's something that I do. Okay, so besides Jesus, our Lord, who is your favorite person or your favorite story in the Bible? 
that's good. Um, I, ooh, that's really good. Okay, I, I think <laughs> person would have to be. It's got to be the Apostle Paul, man. Oh, man. I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know. That's a cop out. <laughs> no, you just you just like, mean like, that's my agreement because that, that's my go-to guy right there. So. Yeah, yeah. So seeing his so. And then, so okay, let me not go too far out. But so, do you want me to explain why Paul, or can I? Or do you want me to get to answer the second part of that question? You can say no. You can say Paul. That's I mean, there's, that's fine. That's I mean, his story is is all about redemption. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so he's. I'll explain really quick why him. But he's one of my favorite people because. Even he himself spoke of his own sin nature. I believe it's in the book of Romans, but he talked about the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do, right? So we know, obviously, Paul was a man. He had sin, right? He struggled with sin. And yet, his passion and his fire for the Lord never seemed to dwindle. I mean, I'm sure, again, there were times in his life that that happened, but the fact that, right, his story of who he was, persecuting, killing Christians, God saves him, and then he goes on to write the vast majority of the New Testament. Uh, uh, you know, his whole life was then used to build up the kingdom of God, to make disciples, to evangelize. You know, Mars Hill. You know, with the with the Greek philosophers uh, going into the marketplaces, reasoning with people, going to the synagogue, which essentially would have been a another religion's place of worship at that right. point. Going in there, reasoning from the scriptures, proclaiming Christ, uh, being shipwrecked, being in prison, being beaten, all these things, and yet he kept his focus on Christ, wrote all the letters he could. He was traveling everywhere when he was being tried in Rome, still preaching to those trying him, right? Just his focus was always Christ, and that's just a convicting thing that makes me personally say, man, I've got to do more. I can do more. There's more things to be done for the kingdom of God. So it's just a constant conviction of, of man, despite my sin in my life, because I am a regular man, like, there's still more I can be striving to glorify God. Um, and then to answer your question as far as my favorite story in the Bible, um, that's, another, that's another good one. Uh, story in the Bible. Uh, Man, I, I, I want to say, I want to say the story of Joseph. Uh, I don't think I've ever really thought about that, man. That's a good question. I, I want to say the story of Joseph because, again, seeing in his situation, I think something I struggle with as a Christian is when I'm going through constant, like it seems, it seems like constant bad stuff is happening. That's, those are, those are times in life that it's easy for me to start to, like, like, I guess, I guess like you were asking, feel distant from God, right? Right. And so it's, it's easy for me to make the excuses, man, all this bad stuff, all this bad stuff. And then I think when we look at Joseph, we see all the bad things that happened to him, right? Abandoned by his brothers, sold into slavery. Uh, when he gets to Egypt, um, he's doing a lot of work. He's looking good. And then the thing with Potiphar's wife happens. Then he gets unfairly accused and thrown into prison. Then he's in prison and still being faithful unto the Lord to honor God in the prison. And then that, that ends up getting him out of prison and becomes second in Egypt. Then his brothers who betrayed him come and he shows them grace, right? And they're, you know, he blesses them and then the Israel's doing well. Like, and so for him to have gone through so much and yet still continuing to honor God and stay focused on the Lord, um, I just, I also, again, that's just another amazing story of redemption there, but this, that same, sort of like the same thing with Paul where he kept his focus on the Lord despite all these bad things and, and false accusations and things that kept happening. All right. Who is your favorite Christian speaker? Who motivates you, like, when they speak? If you hear somebody speak, you're like, man, that just got me going for the day. Man, that's good, man. There's, so, <laughs> there's a lot of guys I like. 
I okay, I'll answer. I'll say currently is Jeff Durbin. Okay. Um, you know him at all? Are you familiar with him? I, I, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, he's a pastor out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, but he's he's big on apologetics. He's pastor of Apology Church. I love apologetics. I think that's like, yeah. So he's big on apologetics. He's his show, Apology or Radio, his taste podcast has very in the last two three years. I guess I would say in the last two three years of my walk as a Christian, um, his podcast. I, I got into apologetics through his podcast. Um, and then from there, others as well. But I really, in the last two, three years of my faith, got really sharp on apologetic. And he's kind of the guy that sparked that. So when I'm listening to him, you know, preach and speak on these things, apologetic type of stuff, um, and just his preaching as well, I, I'm really encouraged. He's got a lot of YouTube. One of the reasons I'm encouraged by him is because he is a pastor, like the head pastor of a church. And yet he's got a bunch of YouTube videos where he's out on the streets evangelizing to the cults and the false religions, you know, Mormons or witnesses. I personally... I feel like that's a rarity and maybe that's just me limited and who I know or whatever but I feel like it's a rarity that the, the lead pastor of a church goes out and evangelizes right. I, I feel like that's a rare thing so I, I'm really encouraged by him and then I say overall the preacher that kind of gets me fired up Paul Washer okay um, Paul Washer is, is when I first got saved like so after my, like the story, my testimony I shared, where my cousin prayed with me. Right. For a while, I, I definitely was a believer, but then I saw his shocking youth message sermon. I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's like his most famous sermon ever. That convicted me of like, wow, I am playing games with this Christian faith. Like this is a lot more serious than I've been taking it. You know. It, so, but but since that, like after that one sermon, I was with him. He was like the only guy I listened to for a long time. Just Paul Washer. That's just the guy who's really bold with the truth of the scriptures, uncompromising. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it would be Paul Washer. Currently, Jeff Durbin. All right. Okay. Who influences you in Christian hip hop and secular hip hop? Okay. Uh, so Christian hip hop. Um, I'll just give you. I'll just give you my top five <laughs> okay. Christian rappers. Um, so for me, first Shylin, love Shylin. His, his music. When I first became a Christian, his music ministered to me heavy, got me really into theology, um, and helped me to grow in my understanding of who God is, of the cross, of of the implications of the cross and the gospel, what it means for me as a Christian. Just really heavily influenced me, and he also is a dope lyricist, Karim, like nobody else. Uh, so Shylin, Timothy Brindle. Uh, Stephen and Levite, um, News One, and Act Davis. Okay. Um, those are, those would be the guys for me. Yeah, all those guys, they're in my top five because they have influenced me, but I also right. obviously enjoy their music. Um, right. And then secular side, and I want to give the disclaimer of, I'm not saying go listen to any of these artists. I'm not condoning <laughs> any of the content. Uh, you gotta put that out there, man. Go listen, like, why are you promoting this on God? Like, warning, yeah. warning. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so, number one, actually, I don't know if I have a top five seconds in hip hop wise, but I can name a few guys I like. So, Eminem is definitely number one for me. Wow. Eminem, I grew up on his music. I, yeah, grew up on Eminem. I, to this day, even listening and being influenced by the way he rhymes. Right. Like, the guy says insanely wicked, sinful things. So again, I do not condone his content. But the way he rhymes is incredible to me. I think he's better, the best that's ever done it. Um, who else? 
There's a guy named uh, Vinnie Paz from a group called Jedi Mind Tricks. I know Vinnie uh, Paz. His, okay, yeah. See, his style, that underground style he has, is kind of, that's more so my lane as far as, I mean, you know my music, but I, I try to make my stuff that sound really like gritty, kind of like his does. Right. Um, so Vinnie Paz, um, Immortal Technique was a huge influence. Um, I don't really know him, but I he, do. uh, <laughs> Okay, right. So he's I'm, I'm, I'm a hip hop head from back in the day. I'm not really onto some of the newer stuff, but all the guys you're talking uh, about. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. So you already know. So, again, for different reasons, you got played heavy roles in my life at one time, but a motor technique. Um, who else? A guy named Chino XL. Yeah. Um, who else? Diabolic. Okay. Um, and I, I think that's about it. Okay. And then, and then, and then Homeboy Sandman. That's another guy. Okay. I think is really amazingly talented. But anyway. All right. That's great. Okay. As someone who writes papers for Bible college, I found that I have to have the proper environment, praise, worship, playing, no other distractions. I also have to pray to get in communion with God. What type of environment do you have to get into to write anything special? Um, yeah, I do guess a really good question. Um, so for me, man, what mainly drives me, I'd say, is content. So, so like I said, right, listening to podcasts and all these things that I'm constantly doing throughout my days, right, um, sometimes there are specific yeah, so, so there's specific topics or things I feel like really need to be said and spoken about mm-hmm. that kind of inspire what I'm writing. And so I guess as a way of not getting distracted or anything, I definitely have to be just alone with the beat. Like I can't, I can't have people walking around and talking. I gotta be like by myself. Um, and again, if, if I'm already focused content wise, um, usually I know what I want to write about when I sit down to write. And so it's kind of like stuff that's been brewing for, you know, days when I sit down to finally write it. So, so the podcast and all those things help to keep my mind in a place of thinking about whatever topic before I even sit to write. I just have to be alone when I write. All right, cool. Do you have any other forms of evangelism other than your music? Yes, yes. Um... So, I, so as of right now, I, me and a few, one specific brother from church, but we've been trying to get more people to come out with us, but at least me and this brother from church, we go out, um, at the first Sunday of every month, um, and we usually go to a train slash bus station, uh, here in Chicago, and we do, we pass out tracks and have conversations with people, and as well as doing open air preaching. Um, so that's that's the one thing that we do. That's the main that's the main form of evangelism, at least right now, that I'm engaged with. And then we're hoping to begin. We're trying to get more consistent with beginning to uh, go out to the abortion clinics and uh, proclaim Christ there, offer the woman help, uh, call them to turn from uh, you know from murdering their children. You know. Uh, so that's we we've gone out. I've gone out with hit this brother once to do that. He's done that a lot more than I have. But uh, we, he and I have been talking. We want to really start getting our church engaged, and we want to start making it a way more consistent thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's it right now. Cool. How do you stay relevant with the younger generation, seeing that your lifestyle is Christ-driven? Mm. 
So <laughs> really good question. Uh, man, you guys got you guys had the questions ready, man. Uh, <laughs> so so relevancy. That's that's an interesting one. I this is gonna sound kind of funny. I feel like uh, man. So so I think I don't know if you know of like Logic, Logic, Joyner, Lucas. These are some of the newer guys coming up in hip hop. Right. But there's a newer guys who are more lyrical, right? So the, with the type of hip hop I do, obviously it is very lyrical. Um, the production is really boom bap. It's kind of an like old school feel. Um, but these guys that I just named, Logic, Jordan, Lucas, there is a, a a small group of guys in like the the like in the scene that all the younger people are listening to that do this kind of rap, the really lyrical stuff. So. I think if I really specifically wanted to just reach the young people, I could start doing like rapping over trap beats and mumbling and using a lot of auto tune because that's kind of the main like popular style. Don't do it. Um, right. <laughs> no, I will not. Uh, but at the same time, there are these younger guys coming up who are doing the really lyrical stuff, uh, and they do have a following, a young fan base who likes this, their stuff. So, so I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping that the same young people that like that stuff will like my style if they ever came across my music. But I think uh, my, I don't think my, my drive necessarily is like, how do I reach the young people? I'm also at a point that I just want to make really dope hip hop to reach whoever likes this style of hip hop. So if that means older generation hip hop heads, then that's who it reaches. Uh, if a young person who does like these more lyrical guys I was just naming gets a hold of it, they'll like it as well. But I try not to cater my stuff too much to whatever's trendy or popular at the time. I kind of have my own set style that I think God uses. And even, even one of the reasons I stick to my style the way I do is because I was such an underground rap fan. I know there are other underground guys who will never listen to anything that has a trap beat or is mumbling or auditory. They will never listen to that kind of hip hop. So I'm specifically wanting to reach guys who only listen to this underground sound, um, especially because people in that genre of hip hop, people who are fans of that genre and that style, usually seem to know a lot about like the Bible or the Quran or different religions. And so they're more study type of people. And so I want to be making music specifically that caters to them. But I think in God's sovereignty, just the reality of speaking biblical truths reaches out to anyone who, you know, can, can reach anybody. Nice. That was a super long answer, but I hope that. No, that's <laughs> good. Works. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Regenerate. We really appreciate your time and such great answers. And I know that they're going to help somebody out there that's listening. Even if they keep this recording and have a tough day, they can play this back and know that someone else there has the same feelings they do. So, like I said, thank you for coming on the show. And I can't wait to talk to you again, hopefully soon. And um, check them out on YouTube. And anything else you want to say? Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I would say uh, you can follow me on Instagram. That's the main, probably one of the main social medias I use to just update people with my music, post things on there. Um, so, and so Instagram and Facebook, um, all of it is regenerate. Literally just with R E G N E R I T, spelled how it sounds, spelled incorrect on purpose. Everything is regenerate. R E G E N E R I T. Uh, follow me on those social media sites, like the Facebook page, all of that. Um, and there is a lot of new stuff on the way, God willing. Um, planning to start dropping a lot of new music in the upcoming uh, months. So be on the lookout for that. 
Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Much love and God bless, brother. God bless. The Way Today's Word for You. So tonight we're going to leave you with a message from the Word of God. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 14. I'm starting at verse 15. When it was the evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away, and they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish. And he looked up toward heaven. He blessed the food, and breaking the loaves, he gave it them. He gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. There were about five thousand men and women who ate, besides women and children. That's amazing. He fed five thousand people with that little bit of food. Not only fed them, but they were satisfied. They were full. And yet he had 12 baskets full of leftovers. And that just says to me, Jesus is abundant. He's always giving. He always has something to give. Even when you're full, he has something left over for you for the next day. He's never ending. So remember that. And the 12 baskets were for his loyal followers, his disciples. So not only did he feed the 5,000 but he made sure that his 12 loyal followers were full and they had enough to bring along with them. That's beautiful stuff. Verse 22, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sat, while he sent the crowds away. After he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was the evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You certainly are God's son. That's just amazing message altogether between feeding the 5,000 and walking on water later that day. This happened within a span of hours of each other and these 12 disciples saw him take these 5 loaves and 2 fish and feed the 5,000 and had 12 baskets full of leftovers left for them on the boat. 
And yet, when he walked on water, they couldn't believe it. They thought it was a ghost. They didn't even suspect it was Jesus. And when Peter walked out to Jesus, something as little as the wind knocked his faith out of him. He began to sink, and Jesus immediately pulled him up. And that's something that we need to remember that when something hits us like the wind and knocks us away from God, all we have to do is cry out to God to help us and he'll pull us back up. He'll always be there for us no matter what we do. It's a beautiful thing. We're, we're not any better or any less than the disciples. These guys were chosen by Jesus himself and we, we at times we fall short. And we think we're less than, but we're not. This message is beautiful for people who are trying to follow Jesus and just fall short and fall away from God. God will always pick you back up and bring you back into the boat safely. Well, thank you so much for listening. It's been a good week, and we love you all. We hope you're all safe. So, from everybody at The Way today, much love and God bless. I'll keep pressing on toward the goal that's only by grace alone Sustaining me through the fire, the Savior's holding me close In a world that hates God and a culture that thinks I'm wrong For believing what scripture teaches, I'll keep on proclaiming Jesus But I am better than anyone else, I'm prone to fall and start wandering in my heart But the Savior constantly draws me back unto himself ever since he saved me from hell Now in the house of the Lord I'll dwell even though I was a felon In God's sight I get broken his law right So I naturally deserve to be burned and it'd be right He saved me despite perversion and promised that he preserved me Now purposefully be swerving past all of the evil serpents Distractions that he be throwing at me just hold to his holy majesty Cloaked in his righteous robe so I have to be Killing sin and keep pressing on by his grace Can't wait until the day I see Jesus Christ face to face